Jacobin from Gracia. This is the Rorschach, Georgia update. 29th of February, 2024. Quick summary of what's going down in Georgia. Monday the 26th, the National Democratic Institute, or NDI, released a report criticizing recent changes to Georgia's election code. According to NDI, these amendments don't match up with the advice from the Office of Democratic Institutions and Human Rights, or ODIR, of the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, or OSCE, or with the Venice Commission's shaking public trust in the Central Elections Commission, or CEC, even more than it's already shaken. The report points out that the role of the CEC's deputy chairman, previously filled by a member of the opposition, was cut. This, along with a high parliamentary election threshold, 5%, would make it harder to reach a political agreement and boost confidence in the CEC's fairness. The report comes out in anticipation of parliamentary elections on the 26th of October. On Tuesday, the 27th, C responded in DI's pre-election report with a statement outlining their ongoing efforts to ensure the October parliamentary elections meet international standards. They highlighted their work on integrating electronic technologies, addressing concerns raised by NDI. Statement touched on their tech and voter education enhancements, specifics on tackling the bigger issues like the deputy chairman role and election threshold were left vague, particularly because those two unilateral decisions were so clearly biased and anti-democratic. CEC emphasized its, in reality, very low commitment to transparency, inclusivity, and ensuring the participation of marginalized groups, adapting the voting process to be more accessible. With clear assistance from an international communications firm, they reaffirmed their dedication to working with all stakeholders, including NDI, to uphold democratic norms and engage the electorate ahead of the elections. Yeah. Other news, on Tuesday the 27th, Parliamentary Chair Shalva Papuashvili criticized the European Endowment for Democracy for funding Georgian parties, calling it election interference. He urged the EU to halt such practices to ensure fair elections, labeling any external influence, including from the EU or U.S., unacceptable Russian-style meddling. Papuashvili also accused opposition parties of using fake NGOs for illegal foreign funding, demanding an end to such contributions to maintain election integrity. He seemed unbothered by the influence of Bidzina Ivanishvili, who derives his power from his billions, which is located in Russia, which for the time being is still another country. On the next day, on Wednesday the 28th, Shalva Papuashvili made a post on Facebook highlighting Georgia's superior rankings all over Albania, Moldova, and Ukraine in a bunch of unnamed global ratings, criticizing the opposition and some NGOs for undermining national dignity by suggesting foreign involvement in Georgia's court system staffing. He did not discuss how foreign involvement in Georgia's court system staffing undermines national dignity. On Tuesday, the 27th, Prime Minister Irakli Kobachidze met with EU Ambassador Pavel Herzinski. They acted friendly and said all the nice words. On Monday, the 26th, the U.S. Embassy commemorated Soviet Occupation Day, highlighting Georgia's people's strong spirit for freedom and independence. The embassy statement honored both soldiers and civilians lost 103 years ago during the Soviet invasion, pledging continued support for Georgia on its European path. Georgian flags were flown at half-mast across government buildings, reflecting the moment in 1921 when the Red Army established the Georgian Soviet Socialist Republic, a memory that the country now observes annually to remember the victims of the communist regime. Speaking of the U.S., On Wednesday, the 28th, Ambassador Robin Dunnigan highlighted the deep and enduring friendship between the U.S. and Georgia, emphasizing shared commitment to freedom and democracy. Over the past 32 years, the U.S. 
has been a steadfast supporter, contributing over $6 billion in aid to Georgia, fostering a partnership that has enriched both nations. Dunnigan talked about supporting Georgia's aspirations, following towards EU membership, and ensuring democratic principles through free and fair elections. Moving on to another friendship, on Monday the 26th, Prime Minister Yudakli Kobachidze shared that Georgians can now enter China without a visa for up to 30 days, reciprocating Georgia's similar visa-free gesture last year. STEP is part of a bigger friendship plan between the two countries, boosting their economic relationship. On Tuesday the 27th, Levant Davidashvili, the economy minister, also talked about the visa-free regime, which he once again, not surprisingly, said, mainly to do with economic ties. China to Germany on Thursday, the 22nd, Georgia's foreign minister was at the Munich Security Conference. President Zurabashvili was there and made a strong case saying joining the EU is not just a nice to have, but a must do for Georgia, calling for unity against the baddies and speeding up homegrown reforms. Healthcare news on Tuesday, the 27th, Prime Minister Yadakli Kobachidze pledged to halt the reorganization of the Republican hospital and build a new facility in the coming years. Meantime, measures will be taken to maintain and improve the current hospital's infrastructure, ensuring it continue to operate at full capacity. Prime Minister also said that specific details about compensation for physicians who had signed agreements would be finalized shortly in collaboration with the health ministry and hospital staff. Keeping with the Georgian tradition of handing out cash in an election year, on Monday the 26th, Kobachidze kicked off an initiative for young Georgians launching a pilot program for paid internships. This program aims to benefit between 2,000 and 3,000 university graduates by giving them hands-on experience in government roles for at least four months. The executive is also teaming up with local municipalities in the private sector, broaden these paid opportunities across various industries. On Friday the 22nd, there was a big win for over 150,000 pensioners in Georgia as they're set to benefit from slashed loan interest rates. This decision, a result of talks between Prime Minister Yudakli Kobachidze and Acting President of National Bank of Georgia, Natia Turanava, and Liberty Bank's General Director, Becca Kogichayashvili, will see loan interest for pensions lowered to rates introduced in 2023. Liberty Bank is teaming up with the National Bank to make sure this goes smoothly, aiming to ease the financial burden on the country's senior citizens. This was billed as a breakthrough, but keep in mind that the ethics were questionable when Liberty Bank came up with the innovation of lending to pensioners based on their future pensions. To close this edition on Tuesday the 27th, Shomik Mahadirta from the World Bank shared some news about the middle corridor's potential to boost jobs in the Caucasus and Kazakhstan. Highlighting the need to tackle infrastructure and operational issues quickly, he discussed how digitalization and improved border management could make the corridor a more attractive option for transporting goods. By transforming this path into an economic corridor, there's a real chance to create new job opportunities and distribution centers, leveraging the transport route to benefit local economies. And that's it for this one. You know that besides the Georgian update, we also do others. Our latest ones are the Arctic update about the area north of the Arctic Circle, the ocean update about the 70% of the Earth's surface covered by saltwater, multilateral update about all the world's major multilateral institutions. Other ones are all country updates. We have a selection of countries from Africa, Asia, South America, and Europe. Check Rorschach.com slash updates to see the full list. We left a link in the show notes as well. Nachmandis. Nice.